to start a business, and this was going through my second deployment with my husband. He was deployed, and I said, you know, I'm just going to take this opportunity to just focus on me. But at the same time, it's kind of hard. Like I said, it's kind of hard to just focus on you when your husband is overseas. So, you you, you know, you got to stay prayed up. But it's, it's, to make the time go fast, you have to focus on you. You have to find something that's um, to make the time go by fast. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm running for Queen Ambassador. Um, I'm getting to know, like, different women, different culture. And I was like, this would be the perfect time to start my business. So I started it back um, last year in March. I launched, and I just based it off my story because, you know, us as women, we keep our most deepest fears or our most, you know, we hide behind our smile. So why not make it beautiful? I mean, what woman don't like lip with? So I just kind of put that in together, and I focus more on me to make the time go fast and not go so crazy or depression sit in or anxiety to sit in while my husband was deployed. So that's what um, Grandma's Kiss came about is it's just, it's my baby, it's my heart. So I just was like, you know what, this is it, this is the time I have to do it. But it took me eight years to, to get there. Took you eight years to get there because it's it's hard navigating those roles. I have been a military spouse. Um, I've been um, an employee business. You know, I wasn't a business owner at the time when I was a military spouse, Um, but I did have a full-time job that was very demanding, and yet I still had to navigate through the deployment and having a child in that space as well and having to deal with – it's a unique community, y'all. I'm just going to tell y'all, military community is a unique community. Yes, and and it is supportive, but it also is very cliquish. And if mm-hmm. you're not in the know and do know, and do know, then you can actually feel ostracized. And because you're always right. on, you're always on deck is what I call. And depending on what your spouse does, the things that you do impacts them. So not only are you trying to live your best life, you got to live their best life. Yeah. And so it is, and I have the also distinctive pleasure to be an educator for the Department of Defense Education Activity, which again are the schools that teach and grow and learn, help um, kids who are stationed overseas who are in the military. And I was a school principal for nearly 10 years in that system. So I know it from multiple levels, from being the spouse in that, having a child in that, being the wife in that, and then running the school. <laughs> and, being- and, you go through, and you go through different mood swings and people, and I don't care what nobody say. That's why I say the military life is different from an original life. It, it, you go through so many changes and mood swings, and that's why I don't isolate myself from people, but I have to explain myself, like, this is why I'm this and this is why I'm this. But they don't get it because they're not walking in my shoes as a military wife. So mm-hmm. a civilian, a civilian life is different from the army life. It is totally different. You can't, you can't compare the two. It is different. You're no, you you're right. Um, but I also will say this, which was really interesting. And as I think about like walking through glass, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm glad I think I'm going to make this one of the questions I ask. Is that when you hear the words "walking through glass," what does that mean to you? What does that make you think well, of? Um, going through the struggle and the pain and the sacrifices while trying to maintain a positive mind. Mm. That's what that means to me is no matter what you go through, you have to keep a positive mind and remember who you are through that struggle. Mm. Yep, that's good. That's good. Like I said, I I would usually talk about it, and sometimes it would come up in different shows, but I never intentionally asked mm-hmm. about it. I, said, oh, I think I'm going to start doing that because the one person that I had on the show, she's amazing. Um, what was her name? Badia. And she's, you know, in tech, and she said, you know, I never 
when I saw the name, I don't usually hear that term. No one's talking about those terms. I said, because, you know, I'm originated, baby. But no. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all of that, though, it was, and she said, well, how did you come up with that? And I said, you know, my story, my journey, my struggles, and being a military spouse, being a Department of Defense employee, being an entrepreneur, being a single mom, being a, you know, being a divorcee, and all of that, and I thought it wasn't about getting the jobs. I was, I'm, I'm a beast in the leadership role. That's my thing. I can run the heck out of some situations and things. I said, but when I left, it was all of the self-talk and the doubts and the fears and the uncertainty that I experienced walking through those roles because, you know, from being in that military environment, being the senior educational leader on a military installation where I have to go sit at the table with General so-and-so and Colonel so-and-so and talk about whatever, and I'm the only female there, and I'm a senior leader female, and go ahead, I'm a woman of color, and, you know, part of that was, was part of that, and so I could go and hold my own in the room, but the the inner turmoil it took once I had to step out the room and before I entered the room is what that walking through that glass was, was, okay, yeah. i got to psych myself up, you know, yep. to do that. It's, it's hard. People really don't understand that when you were a, mili- a military wife, they, you know, and then the thing that gets me that I run into a lot is that, oh, they got money, they got, no, <laughs> you got that ability but we ain't got no money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's and people do, even family, right? Even family. Um, now, again, like I said, because I was a military dependent, but I also was my own sponsor overseas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so being my own sponsor, um, when my ex-husband retired, then he became my dependent. And travel, and so, um, but yeah, he, you know, he was a retiree, so we still kind of have certain benefits, et cetera. But people begin to think that, especially family, because what we call it, you have three hots in a cot when you're military, and that's a plus, y'all. I'm telling you, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I didn't have to work where I was gonna live, and if you lived on base or connected to base, whatever else, you always your bills, you know what I mean. Your basic needs was gonna be met, yeah. and. I'm going to tell y'all this, ain't nothing like buying your seasonings up in the commissary because I didn't realize how high food was until I was no longer had access to the commissary. Yes, uh, uh, what you say? How much is cereal? No, uh-uh. What? what? Yep, I was that like, oh, I said, but this is an extra plus. I will be coming on base to get, <laughs> to get this in. Right? So I'm it was it was crazy, but in in all of that, it was still you know people think that you have things and and but they really think you always have it together, and because so often in that role as a military spouse, you actually have to wear the mask of keeping it together because if you don't, that will look bad on your husband. And the thing is that honestly, my husband waited till he was in his thirties to enlist. And he asked me, he said, I'm not going to do it if you don't want me to. And I was like, I would never stop you from living your dream. So he waited till he was older to enlist. I think he was like 34. He oh. waited because he wanted to be more educated. He wanted to be um, where he could understand the military life. And when you go into the military at 18 and 19 years old, you don't know what you're walking into. All you know is that you're going to the Army, you're working for the government, and after that, once you're enlisted, you belong to them. Like, you have to surround your life according to their time. And people don't understand that. And when my husband waited that long, and I'm like, if you – this is something that he's like, this is something that I really want to do. And we walked in that recruiting room together, and we walked out together. And we made a promise to each other that this would not change our faith. This would not change us as people. 
But understand that I would take stability over money any day. And people need to understand that when your military family is stability, it's not money. And it's hard for that. It's hard for people, civilians, to comprehend that because they just think, "Oh, shit, in the military they got money." No, it's about your head and saving financially, having that stable capability to be able to to save money. So wow, it's a challenge. It is, no, it really, really, really is, and that's why platforms and people say, "Well, you know, where does the leadership movement come from?" It came from that journey. It came from me having the opportunity to um, go through these different experiences and and have to change the way I was thinking about who I was. Because when I transitioned out of that space through divorce and even job change and environment and community, I got lost for a minute. And I was like, who am I outside of this? Who am I? You know? And so I, I... had to shift the way I was thinking about myself because a position, a job, a title, a person, a marriage, a community doesn't define me. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that part. And it was, it was, but you go through some things <laughs> to get to that. And people say, well, Dana, why are you so wise about stuff? And uh, they'll ask me about things and I'm sharing things. And I'll tell people, I've been through some shit. <laughs> you and me both. I don't look like what I've been through. I've been through some things. So when I'm talking to you, I've been through it, not just because I yeah. read it in the book. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was lost for so long. I lost myself for so long. Like I said, I was in a um, domestic violence relationship, so I was isolated. Um, I was like. We didn't really go anywhere. We only hung out with like the people that he knew, and it was like financial. It was financially, emotionally, physically abuse. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband, "Now, know this: I will never lose myself again, ever. So if I can't be myself, then mm-hmm. I can't be with nobody else. Because mm-hmm. when you find yourself," after you've lost yourself for so long, it's hard to get that back. Mm -hmm. It's hard to define who you were before you became a wife, a mother, an educator, a full-time worker. It's hard to really focus in and find you. So I worked so hard to find who I was that Mm -hmm. I told him that I have to be myself. That is the number one rule that I want to be in this marriage is, I have to be owner me. And he was like, I won't want you to be nobody else but you. Oh, I love that. You better say that. <laughs> you better say, girl, I'm like, hold up, hold up, break down, break down. <laughs> because that that is so true. And so when people, you know, and I, I get um, the, the bold people may want to say it in my face, but other people, you know, they stand from the sidelines and and they have their conversation. And that's what I have to get um, to realize that, wait a minute, if I love me, it, that I'm good. If you do, it's a bonus. Is that when you're saying these things, because now my confidence and my clarity and what people might call my swagger now, it's not arrogance. It's clarity. It's knowing who I am in the face of any and everything. And when I say I am, I say because who God says I am, because even when I forgot who I was, God said, I'll tell you again. And so when you forget, you go back to who I said you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. that knowing is where you see that, that light, that, that buoyancy, which is why I don't compete. And I tell people, like, I am truly 100% excited. When you tell me you've got an opportunity, I'll be dead. People are like, did you win? Yeah, I won and she won. Hey. And that's why I don't, I, that's why I don't mind reaching back. Reaching back is so important that when you stand, like you said, when you stand firm of who you are, there's mm-hmm. no room for competing. I already found me. I already mm-hmm. know what I want. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to reach back and help you so mm-hmm. you can be the best version of you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to compete because you can't be me. <laughs> That's right. 
that is all right. And I was like, and to me, um, I tell people this, and I don't know if you've heard this before, because, you know, I'll post and I'll say it, and I, and I said, I'm going to keep saying it, but I believe in the multiplying factor. And by yes. that, I mean that one times one gives you one, gives you one whole connection, one whole relationship. If you're coming to me fragmented and you try to multiply it to me, then we're not going to have anything that's whole. We're only going to have a fraction of the whole. And I said, you know, when people go, oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to you, I don't want to add. I want something whole. So even yeah. when you're married and you're in a relationship, one plus one gives you two. That's still divisible. Yes. <laughs> and yes. so I keep telling people, like, when you really come to me whole, I don't want anyone to complete me. I am already complete. Yes. I'm complete. Yes. And if I'm not, let me work on that so that I can bring you the very best of me. And I want you to bring me the very best of you. I don't want to fix nobody. I ain't trying to whatever. Now, again, if we're in this together, we might grow together. We're going to grow to something better. Mm-hmm. That's synergy. That's coming yes. together to create something better. Not, oh, um, let me go make sure that you're good. I need this man. I see this with women a lot. Um and even young women, and and some, and even people, you know, we always we got some in our family, some people we know, and they're going, I just need a man to complete me. What? What'd you say? Nope. That's part of the problem. And so, in my history, again, I've been married twice, and rarely ever single, because I'm a. I tell people I'm a trifecta. <laughs> I couldn't say yeah. single when I tried, and they used to always say this to me, and this is the part I laugh at, because I'm probably the goofiest, silliest person as you can tell and I the way I show like my I have always said because you see me on Facebook and I cry about everything but it's because of I'm grateful for all the platforms that so many people have shared with me through my journey Mm -hmm. I never imagined in a million years imagined going on radios or podcasts I just wanted to sell uh, lip gloss online and go about my business, but the lip gloss is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Defining um, other women and other cultures and learning and what they've been through. So it's just not a lip gloss, but it's a story behind it. And you know, when I sent you your package, I always put extras in there. I was like, what is this? This is all this extra stuff in here. I was like, oh my god, it was so nice. And the, the, even the little, the cards and the, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice. I said, extra lip mask. I'm sitting here like, what did I order? What did I order again? <laughs> I just love Because we've been, as survivors, we've been isolated for so long from ourselves and from other people that we deserve Rather, it, it could be a piece of candy. We deserve that much. We deserve to know and be reminded of our self worth. That we more it's more to what you order, but it's what you get. And your self worth is more important than anything. So that's why my lip gloss stands out because of that. And I'm goofy too. I was hearing you say I'm a goofy person, and people think like just because you're a doctor or you got to be serious all the time. Well, if you do what I went through, I've been you all my life. It. So now that I've been found myself, no, I want to live life. Mm-hmm. And when I became Queen Ambassador, they was like, you can't do this on Facebook. You can't do this. You have to, you have to do this. You have to do this. I'm like, oh, this is not for me because I'm not going to lose myself again. I cannot oh, be who yeah. I am and I don't want the crown. Uh-huh. I have to show up for owner. I have to show up for damn boss kids. I have to show up for me. Yes. No, you're a hundred percent right. And and for a long time, and you mentioned the the fact of even having a PhD and and being a doctor. And I did. I worked for that. But I rarely tell people that in the very beginning, because then mm-hmm. they start. To, they expect you to be this like stiff version, or they start mm-hmm. talking funny, or they start. I'm like. Why are these people driven? And then I realized because then they get they become intimidated. In the very beginning, it used to bother me, and I didn't own that aspect of who I was. 
because I thought, oh, my God, people are going to think I think I'm better. And, and so then I got to the point and said, well, you know what? Why I, the sacrifices I made and earned that degree, <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. being away from my child. See, they don't know my story that because at the time I was geographically single most of that time, and um, my son had to leave me every summer to go spend time with my family so I could go to school. I said then when I was getting ready to defend and finishing the final six months, my son actually lived with my sister, lived away from me at one, two years old, because I started my doctorate when my son was one. And I said, I want to be finished before. I can see the love between you and your son. Besides me to make a YouTube channel, TikTok. I'm like, this is so sweet because you always show your son love. That's what I noticed about you. I'm like, she really loves her baby. And he, he's, he's like, how old is he? He, he just turned 18. And he, <laughs> he just turned 18. He's almost 6'3. He's about 270 pounds. But he's still mama baby pumpkin. And and, and even though he's like, mama, he's so extra. He's me, but the antithesis of me, because he's, like, quiet and more, like, reserved, and I'm extra. He's not shy. People think he's shy. I said he's not. He's just watchful. And unless he know you and whatever, he ain't going to pretty much talk to you a lot until he susses you up. So if he doesn't like you, something's wrong with you. And I, and I say that because he's always had a good discernment of spirits of people, and so he loves and helps everybody. So if he is like, uh-uh, and I ain't going by that person, then that's, for me, like, oh, he that, because that's not his character. So I'm like, uh-oh, he's sensing something, and he has that same sense of discernment. Um, I'm just, I've just learned to be more vocal. But when I was his age, I was a different version of me because I'm a bookworm. I'm a super fabulous nerd, and I just love books and studying and, 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 and whatever, you know, else. And so for him, I'm like, hey, I want you to know this because the way our brain is set up and the tape that we hear, the way, because I, I study neuroscience and, and psychoanalysis because I'm passionate about that, um, of finding out why I think the way I think and what's triggers and how I can relate better to people. But I said to him, you know I love you. You don't have to like me all the time because I don't even like you all the time, but I love you. And I said, if anyone in your life ever says to you, your mama didn't love you, everything in your spirit is going to rise up, okay, against that. I said, because I've, I tell you every day, I show you every day, and again, I he's, he's, he's well-loved, and I told him, I think I've spoiled you a little bit, but what we don't do, I do not finance disrespect, and I do not <laughs> do some other stuff, but I told him that I never want you to say or, you know, a wonder, did my mom love me? Even at the worst times of when we didn't agree, when we don't agree. And child, trust me, we don't agree a lot. I said, but what do you know? He said, I know you love me. And I said, and that's going to carry you. Because he is a problem. My, my daughter is mine, and she decided when she actually picked, I used to go with my husband when I was, like, 12. But I lied to him until I was 13. But, you know, that's another story. But uh, yeah, um, my daughter picked my husband and people used to say um it's not a kid's place oh yes it is a kid's place because kids <laughs> know things that we don't kids see things that we don't see right. and like i would date other people when she did not like like she would she would say hi but when i got with kevin she was like that's daddy i was like what like it was crazy so i totally can relate your son because my daughter is the same way. She won't talk to you, but she won't disrespect you. But if she don't like you or something is wrong with you, she will not talk to you. Mm-mm. Yep. And I and I and like I told him, I said on your journey, and when you walk out, I I want you to go live your life. And people are like, oh, what you gonna do when he leave? I said, live. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, he's so close. I said, here's the thing. Love knows no boundaries or distance. He's still going to be my kid 2,000 miles away, 3,000 miles away. He's still going to be my son. And I said, so I'm about building relationships. And um, 
And, and I said, so we have relationship. And I'm like, just remember to call your mom. And I tell him what my expectations are. Um, and I tell him when I feel like he's taking me for granted and that he doesn't appreciate outwardly, not inwardly, outwardly of that. And how often as parents do we tell our kids, you know what, I need you to show the appreciation to me. I want to hear you say thank you. I know that, you know, you love me. And in the dark moment, I said, but I said, I have feelings too. And I said, and me having these feelings, I need you to acknowledge me and quit putting me last because I put you first. Yeah. And he's looking But how, how often do we not tell our kids? You see what I mean? Because we will know it. No, we do tell them. And the same way I told them, I said, listen, um, during this season, you know, he works on the weekends at Boomers, but they're shut down. I said, but around the corner, Rouse, Walmart, Costco, everybody hiring, go get you another job. You need another car. And it came about because I was sitting there going, where we live at is very different. <laughs> His friends' lives, their parents' lives, the way their lives are set up, ain't the way our life is set <laughs> Just go put it like that. <laughs> and so I said, um, I was thinking, okay, this car that you have is on the fridge. We need to get you another car. And as I'm sitting here trying in my mind to maneuver it all, right, figure it all out, and you going into conditioning, you hanging out with your friends, you going to movies, and uh, and I'm like, hey, why don't you go check out this job? And his first response was, no, I'm not interested. I said, excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? I said, well, I'll tell you what, I was sitting here getting ready to be in that mom mode of how I'm going to get the money to get you another car and do this and do this and do this and do this. And you go, okay, not today, great. So I said, I'll tell you what, how about you go get that job because you need a car because in the next two weeks the car you're driving is going to be decommissioned because it won't pass smoke. And I'm not going to put all that money into that car. So you could be back on walking or Uber or whatever you're going to do. But um, if you choose that you don't want to go work and make some money, then I'm going to have to go ahead and let you live with that consequence. And I caught myself because I realized that here I was feeding into him not owning the things. And that hasn't – now, and I say that in purpose with – he does like to work, make his own money, but I started to notice certain behaviors. Like, um, you're not concerned about that? You ain't going to go make this happen? You know, he likes having his own money. He'll pay for his own stuff. He'll And he'll be like, like, you need money? No, I'm good, Mom. So he doesn't ask me for things like that, right? But here I'm saying is here's an opportunity for you to do something big, to get to where you need to go, and you about to sit on the sidelines and let me work a second job? And you sitting at home watching Disney Plus? Oh, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> not today. So those relationships that we have as we navigate what I call walking through the glass and parenting and entrepreneurship and, and different families and, and blended families is all part of the lessons that we pour into our children. But it first mm-hmm. starts with us. And blended family is hard because we are a blended family. You know, but you're doing such a good job, though. And like I said, you know, um, for I think the first time I met you was in Arizona when I came to the actual um, Gladiator event. Is that where I met you the first time? Uh, I, I think so. Did you go to, um, why did I just forget her name? Oh, my God. Um, I don't even remember how we met. Did we meet on? We didn't meet on social media. I don't know. Yeah, but I thought I thought you were part of the gladiators. Um, oh yes, yes. I went to the I the event that I went to was a basketball game. Oh, you went to the basketball game. Okay, so I was there and I spoke at the event <laughs> before the basketball game. I came in to speak at the actual conference. Oh, I wish I would have known. Because <laughs> I kept saying, I know, I don't know too many people, like I said, in Arizona, but I met a group of people when I was there. And so that's how I thought that um, Madonna's um, gladiators. And so that's why I thought, oh, 
okay, maybe I should want the people that I met there. I met so many different people. There's somebody else there that also did lip gloss. That's why I said, oh. oh. So that's why I was saying, oh, okay. And and then when I was in South Carolina speaking um, at Giovanna's event, there was another person had, you know, did lip wear, lip wear, you know, different stuff. So I knew it was right. that network. I, I, I do a lot of swag bags for people, but I thought we met online. I'm not sure. It was online, but I thought the connection was that. And so yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I really just love, because the other um, queens were there. The ambassadors were there at her event in um, Arizona and Phoenix, too. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, wow, amazing, you know. Um, and I just said, I like her energy. I said, um, she just, you know, like there's something you see about certain people, you just like, I just like that person. <laughs> right. I like them. I, I have forced people to be my friend. I was like, I like her. She's going to be my friend. Like, I, <laughs> my I mean, friend would tell you, like, she forced me to be her friend. <laughs> I just like her, and I said, you know what? And and I am a supporter, and uh, I and and I say this: I do support people living their dream and their truth. But whether or not I'm going to align myself and helping them bring it to fruition is something different. Yes. So I support. I'm a clap for you, sister. I'm a dance for you, break it down, shake it up, all around, yes. all that. It don't mean that I'm going to align myself with you. And so I'm very particular about that because I'm very particular about my brand connection and that and that element. And I do what God tells me to do. And so when he says, okay, no, this is the person that you're supposed to support, okay. And I'm like, okay. And, and that's why I said, all right, how can I, I've always said, how can I um, help, how can I support, how can I share? Definitely um, am so honored to even have you you know, come on the show and just like I said, chat. I told you it's really real act, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I told you yeah, I I appreciate um I always say this that I appreciate um you sharing your platform because it's important that we come together because I think as women we are stronger together than we are alone. We can do so much more and I'm always appreciative when people share their platform with me. Like I told you before, I just wanted to get a lip gloss. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the beauty is? It is, it is, and I and I love that you're. Like you said, it's more than lip gloss. And this season is like I call it. It's the season of unstoppable. And yeah. I'm used to being on platforms or helping people build platforms. I never promoted my own the way that I. I could have. Because, I, again, I used to always use this strategy to help other people build. And so God said, okay, it's a new season. And I would say, God, you know, I don't understand, and I would be up for different opportunities. I said, God, these people asked me to build all of this, but yet they didn't invite me to the table that I just built. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he said, here's what you don't understand. I did not call you to sit at that table. I called you to build your own. I was like, oh. And he said, so that no was a yes to your greater. Wow. It's great. He said, it's bigger than. You're bigger than. Not better than. He said, I called you to do bigger than. And and he said, this is a season where no longer will you be the wind simply behind someone else's wings. He said, I've called you in this season of unstoppable to fly and show people how to reach new heights. I said, oh, okay. He says, so what I want you to do is that instead of, again, orchestrating someone else's conference, you will have your own. And instead of such and such, you will be doing your own. You will be inviting people to these opportunities. Like I told you, my goal is to Uberize Essence completely because what it used to be opportunities for all of us to have a voice and would it turn into be a star-studded party? I'm excited. And I'm excited. Like I said, I, so like if they cancel on Essence, I said Essence put out a memo saying, hey, 
we ain't canceling. <laughs> you gonna have to. Right. <laughs> and and the funny thing about Essence, when Hurricane Katrina happened, they didn't cancel. They moved it to Houston and they moved it right back. I mean, <laughs> right. And I was telling my husband, I had told my husband about you. And he was like, oh, Lord, did you force her to be your friend, too? I didn't. I think she just gave me an opportunity because I've never been to entertainment. Remember, I told you, I've never been. And I was like, she just, I, and you gave me the idea. I'm like, I've never thought about doing lip gloss at the Institute. Like, when I say that. You gave me that opportunity. I was just humbly blessed. Like she don't, she really know. She don't know me that, but she's giving me an opportunity to grow outside my box. Yes, and people need to realize we are stuck in our own box, and we don't even know it until somebody slaps us in the face with opportunity. And I'm mm-hmm. I never. Never thought about that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, don't start that crying. (laughs) (laughs) But, but you know what, though? That's the beauty and healing in our tears. And um, I realized that through me creating these opportunities for other women particularly actually creates new and bigger opportunities for myself. And so I tell people that I'm not doing it just because I care about you. I'm doing it because I'm called to do it. And there's and this is what God said my bigger is. He said, but no more doing it in quiet and no more doing it behind the scenes. He said, you will do it on the plat. Like you keep saying, when you start saying that, and now, and just so you know, we kept saying, thank you right to your platform, your platform, your platform. And I was like, why, dang it, she's right. I've created and I've always had this platform, but I never thought of it as mine. I thought about it as everybody else's. And so now as I've redefined the narratives, I've redefined, like, the show, I've redefined that. So the I Am Unstoppable conference that's October 10th in San Diego, um, that's going to be off the chain. And the I Am Unstoppable award show that's going to also be connected to that in October t- on October 10th off the chain, and the launch of the I Am Unstoppable magazine, Unstoppable Woman magazine, off the chain. And so I was like, okay, God, he said, this will be your annual event. He said, I think I had commitment phobia, which is why I like working on other people's stuff. And I I had to do some inner work, seriously, because I was like, I got commitment phobia. I have all the stuff, the plans. I had a whole schedule. I had a whole workbook finished already. I have stuff, but to commit, oh, my gosh. And so I had to go back into my tape and say, where is this coming from? Wow. It's coming from some of the old tape, other relationships, um, other disappointments, people that let you down and and all of that going, well, I don't want to have to commit. I'd rather work on somebody else's because then I can still be on the peripheral side. And God said, no more. I need you to take the risk. He said, move when I say move and watch me work. Um, I said, okay. So that's where I'm at. And, you know, I like I said, this is this is this is just only the beginning. I am so uber super, you know, excited. I know we done went like twice as long as the regular <laughs> 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 Oh well, y'all. Y'all got some extra, oh, extra, okay. extra you know. <laughs> but I definitely do before we close wanna ask, is there anything in particular? What's your final words? What's your final encouragement for all of the listeners out there to be the big takeaway? Um that you want to leave them with. Truly be yourself because once you lose yourself, it's going to be so hard to find yourself. And don't let any situation consume you. Just keep a positive mind. We all go through struggles. We all go through situations. But the number one thing is just understanding and standing on who you are and believing you and have faith in you. That is so good. That is really, really, really so good. And you all know my the way that I love to end the show, first and foremost, by thanking you for listening to Walking Through Glass, the podcast. And I leave you with this message, and I hope that you internalize it, is know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want which will lead to you being confident about who you are called to be and allow you to stay consistent 
on how you are called to serve. And uh, amen. And that's what I have today for you on Walking Through Glass. And wait, we got to tell people where are they going to find you? How can they find you? Buy some Glam Loss Kiss, find you on social media. What are the best handles to reach you at? Right now, I have a 40% off sale going on. So I am on social media. It's just Glam Gloss Kiss. So you just type in Glam Gloss Kiss in one word um, on IG and Facebook. And then my website is www.glamglosskiss.com. Hey, you heard it. I'm telling you, it's super, super bomb.com. Beautiful colors for 40% off. Um, if you do shop, use the code Queen Boss. Ooh, Queen Boss. Hey, I like that. I have my love. I love it. So definitely, definitely, but definitely. But you gave me that name. I know. I <laughs> I know. I know. I came 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 you was like, how about Queen Boss? I said, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, because I'm trying to go now. I said, I need me a signature color. I was like, okay, I'm going to give me a signature color. I know. And I was like, I'm just trying to think of what I wanted to be named. <laughs> and the I was boss. Like, you know what, though? Um, boss Lady. But I think someone already has one out there called Boss Lady. Oh, do I don't know. You know Dr. Boss, you could be Dr. Boss, Dr. Queen yeah. Boss. Yeah. Because um, me and my girlfriend, we have a video series on LinkedIn that's called 10-Minute Talks, and that um, series is called Boss Ladies Move. And, uh, oh, that's <laughs> Yes. You know what? I, you know what? I always talk about shift. Maybe I need one called The Shift. You know what? That's different. And That's different. I that. that. <laughs> so now is now I'm going to lock that in. I'm going okay, to write that down. Now, now you have to think of the color. I know. I want the shift to be um, goodness gracious. You know, there's always something about a good power red, but it's not a red. I want it more like a burgundy. You know what I mean? Like something rich. All you, you always have, already have all these amazing colors. Like, I'm like, shoot, I don't know what color I ain't taking already. Um, but I want the, I want an iridescent kind because the shift, cause, you know, it's movement. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. So we could do, like, a burgundy with, we could do burgundy lipstick with, like, glitter, some kind of shimmer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I have the person. So we're going to talk about that. I have to yeah, the person. We're gonna, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. And so you send me what I need to do. And that's it. Because when I'm, I'm doing a whole rebrand and relaunch, and um, well, definitely, um, I not only have a whole meditation series as part of the new program I'm launching, Guided Meditation, <laughs> with the new oh, book. And I'll pass that along to me, please. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm really excited about that. And so with the whole concept of walking through glass and, you know, really making the shift, the new program, which is called The Art and Science of Becoming, is the um, course that I'm dropping um, as part of that. And so I'm told you, this is my season. People sitting at home looking all like they looking. I've been in pure creation mode. So y'all heard it here first. The shift yeah. is coming. And you also help people write their books too, right? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Okay. And it's funny yeah. because my my authors are like, I kind of got therapy, coaching, and a book. <laughs> uh, well, I want to. I wanted to write a book, and I've been stuck again for eight years. It was called "The Year I Changed My Mindset," okay. and I've been putting it off because. I want it to be like a self-help book, mm-hmm. but I just don't know where to go from here. Like, I'm stuck. So yeah, You're going to do a writer's mastermind. It's called the Unstoppable Writer Mastermind, and it's a small group of no more than 10, and to help them go from pen to publish to presentation of their book. I call it a P3 formula to help them go through that whole process. And so in that group, it's a six months, so it gives people time, you know, to really kind of work through and to have that that coaching, but also that mastermind, another small group to work through that, and you know, 
how to, again, how to market, how to publish, how to put this stuff out, because that's what I really love um, to do that. Like this weekend coming up, actually, I have writers intensive, so those are three days, two nights, and that's a one-on-one -on -one session, meaning we go in on Friday, we come out Sunday with a book. And <laughs> I need that. I need the guidance. Um, I've been looking at some people, but I just really need to know in what direction that I need to start to start writing my book. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been writing, but... Oh, good. Good. And I did the master class, um, the Unstoppable Writer Master Class, which kind of was bred out of people saying, hey, hey, hey. And what I decided that I'm going to do as part of like, my free 99 series that in my leadership movement, um, leadership collective group, is that twice a month I'm going to do like a writer's workshop. But I'm only going to do that inside of my group <laughs> um, to do right, that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to be posting that. So yes. I'm going to be hitting you up with that so you can help me write yes. my book because I need yes. guidance. <laughs> yes. And that's what, and so that's what I decided I'll do it, but I'll do it live in my group. Um, and people can do that for free. I said, or they can join the mastermind, which has a lot of more of intensive um, work and hands-on work with that. But I said I'm going to start that next week, so I'm pulling that into my calendar and looking at the times that it's going to work because that's the other challenge. For people working from home, it gives a little bit of more flexibility. So I might actually do a more of a lunchtime session than it is an evening set. You know, I really wanted to do it in the evening. But I find that a lot of the people that are in my group and work with, they are actually on the East Coast. Wow. And I wish I would have known about your book because I know you had a book. I was like, I would have came right Because oh. I'm in California. Oh, oh, honey, don't worry. I'm going to do another. No, no, honey. It's going to be, there's more. No, there's more. That There is more because I'm actually taking those whole conscious conversations on tour. And so right. I tell people, if I find a host in an area, I will come and do the talk there. So if you said, hey, I want you to come do one in Phoenix, I got a few people who will come together, I'll come and I'll actually do a, a book signing and do an actual sister circle with those yes. other people. Okay, yeah. so we're going to have to talk because I know that you, I know we're on time, but we definitely have to talk, talk because I got two events that you might be interested in okay. since you said that. Okay. Yeah. I definitely will. So, oh, y'all, look, look. I whether or not I decide to cut that out or not, I don't know. But you know, <laughs> we definitely. Let me. Well, we definitely, definitely, definitely do need to talk more about that glam gloss kiss and my upcoming signature color, the shift. But I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you today for listening to Walking Through Glass, the podcast, and my final thoughts for you is to know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get really super clear about who you are so that you can be extraordinarily confident about who you are called to be. And you can become extremely consistent on how you are called to serve. That's it that we have for you today on Walking Through Clouds, the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So until next time, keep embracing the journey. Bye-bye. Real talk.